Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we are two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would. At a tailgate, in the backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Dogs podcast. This is episode 10. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, it's episode 10. Double digits, man. Hey, we made it there we, so far. We, Gosh, if you've been taking some bets on over-under episodes of the, this podcast would survive, I don't know. I don't know how many people would have gone over nine. Not uh uh, we made it though. We made here. it though. Well, you and I would have been here. doing this even if we weren't recording a podcast. I think you and I would have gotten the headsets, would have gotten the mics out, and just talked to each other naturally like this because it feels better doing it this way. Cor- correct. Uh, yeah. But, and it gives us an excuse with our wives to d- shirk our normal responsibilities and just talk about football. That's all it is. Which give me give me that all right. day long. It's somehow the hopefully microphone... they're not listening to this. Hopefully they're not listening to this podcast. No. To, to to be aware of our Daniel, of our ulterior motive, they listened the first time out of like obligation and to give us Correct. a bone, yeah. and then they stopped yeah. after that. Don't let's not kid ourselves that they're yeah. still listening. <laughs> that's that's we're safe. I think we're, we're safe. <laughs> we're, we're safe. We're safe in that category. Um, uh, all right, episode ten. This is gosh. Next week when we when we're here recording this. We will be giving week one predictions no. for well, for the college football season. We will be picking games. We'll be talking about Miami, LSU. We'll be talking about yes. Florida State and Virginia Tech. We'll be talking about uh, Alabama, Louisville, maybe. I don't know what we'll be talking about. Auburn, Washington, we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about week one games, none more notable than the University of Georgia versus the powerhouse Austin P. Governors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I'm looking forward to that. But but for now, we're still a week away, and we got a couple couple of kind of last minute things that that we need to get wrapped up before we get into the season. A couple more off season topics that we want to dive into. Kind of get our final take on some things before the season starts. Uh, I want to start. In-house, uh, I want to start by talking about the Georgia football team and then maybe move to a more general college football landscape discussion. Let's start by talking about um, how excited we are. Now, one week away from games, last week of fall camp coming up, we've gotten lots of buzz from camp. We've heard lots of interviews. There's been a lot of media availability um, there's been scrimmages that we've been able to read about. There's been notes from practice that we've been able to consume and digest. Yeah. Let's let's talk about how excited we are about individual players. How yeah. about that? Uh, I'd love to do so, that. Yeah, maybe let's just go scale of 1 to 10. I'll name a player, you name a player, and we just, let's just go scale of 1 to 10. How excited are you about this player 
not only how excited are you about watching him, but how excited are you about the prospect of what he's going to do for this team this season? That's great. I love it. All right, you you throw out the first one. I set uh, it up. You did set it up. That's fantastic. Daniel, I'm going to go with uh, a guy that is replacing another. I'm not going to go right off the top and name somebody else. I'm going to go on defensive side of the ball. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, how excited are you to watch Monty Rice play? Wow. I'm going to give you, this is a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to say that I'm I'm really, to be totally honest with you, I'm like a 5. I'm only like a 5. <laughs> excited. I think Monty Rice is going to be a great, solid player. But... He just doesn't do a lot to excite me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not... Maybe you feel differently. I, I just don't think he... Ugh. All right, hot take, Georgia fans. I think Monty Rice is basically just a junior version of Roquan Smith. Hey, and so hey. it's hard for me to get really excited about watching a guy that I think is going to be quite good and is going to make a lot of tackles for us. I just can't imagine him being a... He's going to be steady. He's not a guy that I worry about whatsoever. I think he could have a big statistical year. But none of that equates to exciting. It's just sort of ho-hum, par for the course. I expect him to be at a certain level, and I think he will perform equal to that expectation. So I'm going to give him... I'm going to say 5 out of 10. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to be more excited. I really did, because I sure. like Monty Rice. I think he's a great dude, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like him. But the more I thought about it, the more I was at a six, six and a half, seven, something like that, to say last year he had flashes where he would fill a hole a couple of times and come downhill and really thump a guy. Uh, but to watch him every snap, it, it's not going to be the same as watching last year. He's going to be solid and steady. I wanted to be more excited, but I'm I'm just okay with with watching him. There's other there's guys I'm far more excited to watch. Yeah, and let's don't mistake this as we're not knocking on Monty Rice. No, I like. We're him not a lot. saying anything detrimental about his playing ability. No, I just think there's a difference between how good of a player are you and how excited am I to watch you. So correct. Monty doesn't really bring that. Let's talk about somebody that's. Uh, that the the next time you see him play real college football will be the first time you see him play real college football. Mm. Uh, we were actually just talking about this before we started recording today. I'm going to ask you, scale of one to ten, how excited are you about Justin Fields? Uh, dog fans, I'm sorry. I I am at a ten. Uh-oh. Excited to watch Justin Fields. I am. I thought. You- I thought you were going to go the other way. No, I thought you were going to. I thought you were apologizing to dog fans because you were about to go one or something. No. no, I am. I think there are two players on this team I am most excited to get on the field, and Justin Fields is number one, and the number two I'm going to ask you about. Uh, but Justin wow. Fields to me, I am ten. Here's why. Here's why. Uh, I know what I have in Jake Fromm. I think I know what I have in Jake Fromm. I love Jake Fromm. Yeah. I I hope Jake Fromm has a great year for us to win. Jake Fromm's 
going to have a good year. But there is a different level of excitement. When you have ESPN talking about you all day long, when you have uh, continual follow-up stories about you, when you're the highest-ranked player out of high school to ever come to the University of Georgia, composite scores, uh, you bring with you a level of excitement that I haven't seen before. And at the quarterback position, in the time that he's coming, at the place that he's coming – uh, I couldn't be more excited. Just, to, just I just want to see what you can give me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be uh, having a commentator's, you know, love affair at a spring scrimmage for him like our boy did. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But I am. Very oh, you're excited. not going to go all Bob with Susan. That's thank you, Bob with Susan. I ain't going Bob with Susan yeah. on on anybody. But I am saying I want to get him on the field. I'm excited to see what he brings. And I couldn't. He's the most exciting player for me on this team this year. Wow. I know. Wow. Okay, well, that's not even close to true for me. Um, I, I mean, I'd probably put him at about an 8 level of excitement to see him. I am definitely uh, very excited to see what he brings, but he's not. There are some guys that, for whatever reason, are much more exciting to me. And maybe Okay. Well, let me, I let just me... hate. I, all right, you, you go. I, I want to okay, hear fine. who your number two is. Uh, is... Uh, well, let me ask you: uh, How excited are you to see James Cook on the field? Wow! It's a it's a nine and a half, Clint. And here's here's the thing. Um. I think James Cook might be I think James Cook could turn out to be what DeAndre Swift was last year. Mm-hmm. In a guy that just really came on campus and started blowing people away and you started you realize this is almost the identical rhetoric that we were we were hearing about DeAndre Swift last season is yeah. Uh, people were saying literally, you can't keep this guy off the field. You know, we thought uh, four star. You know, I think maybe one service had him at a five star, but you know, highly regarded back out of Philadelphia, coming to Georgia. Is he going to be able to get any carries behind Elijah Holyfield and Brian right. Harrion? And then as camp started to progress, you started to hear this notion of like. Oh, no, you can't put him on the bench. He can't be on the bench. And that's exactly what you... That's exactly what happened with James Cook. Four-star, maybe creeping into the five-star realm, but not even the most heralded back to sign with Georgia this year. And then it's he's coming in, and it's... It, well, is he going to be able to get carries ahead of DeAndre Swift? Or, I'm sorry, not, not ahead of Swift, but ahead of Zamir White, yeah. like Swift was last year. And now, obviously, White is out of the picture. I, I think at the end of the season, there's a chance James Cook could be the feature back at Georgia. Uh, I, yes. I, I think there's a shot. I think he and Swift bring such versatility that, at least in terms of snap count on the field, in a game-by-game basis, I think he and Swift will be, could be comparable. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think you'll see sometimes with one in the backfield and another one in the slot. I think you'll see sometimes with another one in the slot and, and the other one in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think snap count, maybe not all at tailback, obviously, but I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, Cook is getting more snaps than than anyone other than Swift. Or maybe even more snaps than Swift on this team. And so I'm very excited about James Cook. I'm nervous that all this excitement is just a flash and you know just like a yeah. freshman buzz and uh piled on with Zamir White's injury and me just trying to wishful thinking but obviously you agree with me obviously you're you're a 10 out of 10 on I'm a, on James I'm a Cook. 10 out of 10 on James Cook and the more I hear practice reports the more I hear our defensive guys rave about him and just tell people that they can't catch him uh, I'm all about mm-hmm. backs like Zamir White and Elijah Holyfield, and Swift has this. It, let's not let's not make the mistake. Hey, all of you media folks, let's get this out of the picture right now. Don't come up with another thunder and lightning stupidity oh. uh, from last year. DeAndre Swift will put a man on his back with his shoulder in his in his sternum. Okay, so don't don't oh, tell me he's thick. He's he thick. is thick. So don't don't come yeah. at me with the fact that he is elusive. However, I think something that all of our backs have, maybe I haven't seen it from Elijah, but if you can't touch them, you can't tackle them. And getting James Cook out in space and having designed plays that get his unique set of speed and swiftness, I mm-hmm. really, really am excited. The more I read and the more the season approaches, uh, and maybe you're right. Maybe I can agree that maybe uh, it's my mind convincing myself that the loss of Zeus wasn't that bad. Um, but James, no, Cook I is... think you, and I think you, you roll into a situation where you look at DeAndre Swift last year, third string tailback. He was the third string tailback for sure. Yeah. But he got a lot of he got a lot of touches as the third string tailback last year. So at minimum, James Cook's going to get that many touches. Yep. Because he's the third string tailback. I don't. I. I no, no offense to Brian Harry, None. but he's the third string tailback. So agreed. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a guy that I'm ten out of ten about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna give you the guy that I think might be the most exciting newcomer on this team for me. Hot take alert coming uh, here, people. And and I'm not sure that you were even gonna ask me about him, but I want to know on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about Otis Reese? In, at the safety spot. Well, because okay. if it ain't ten, you ain't watching. That's uh, what. So if you were to ask me this two weeks ago, so two weeks ago, if you were to ask me how excited are you to watch Otis Reese, I would have probably answered a four, a five, probably. And then, okay. then something very strange happened, Daniel. Uh, I kept on getting reports and reading practice notes that said Otis Reese is back there in the secondary more and more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my That's li- where he lives. That's where he lives. That's and his home. That's his home. And the more I read about it and the more talking about the secondary and the more talking about safety uh, and the more this defense in which Kirby Smart can get creative and coach up the secondary, the more I started putting all the pieces together on who exactly Otis Reese is – a guy that can thump, a, a size speed guy out in the secondary coming downhill, my level went from a four to an eight and a half to a nine. 
And I became very, very excited very quickly with those pieces coming into place. I can't help myself with the Otis Reese is Thomas Davis thoughts in my brain. Right. I just can't. I can't stop it. It's it's already there. The train has left the station. It is never coming back. It Don't is try careening to stop it, toward, yeah, just it is careening roll. toward the cliff of disappointment. But Otis Reese is Thomas Davis, guys. Mm. He's, I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. Again, these are not... This is not a take on who the best player in the secondary is or who the best running back on the team is. Uh, this is just how excited am I to see this guy. I don't think he's going to start, but he is going to play. So so J.R. Reed and LeCount are going to start at safety, but Otis Reese is going to play at safety. Right. And when he does play, he's going to destroy someone. He's going to Greg Blue a person one time at least this year and I'm just going to lose it. I'm going to tear I'm going to tear a couch cushion in half when it happens. <laughs> uh so I, I I can't wait. I can't may, wait to watch Otis Reese. Maybe play you football. planted this seed in my mind cuz about 2 weeks ago when I was at a 4 you had said the statement cuz we as we were thinking about discussion topics. You brought this one up on a scale of 1 to 10 and you told me uh the guy I'm most excited about, no one is talking about, including you, Clint. And, I, and so I began a search. I was like, okay, who's, he, who's, who's Daniel talking about here? Uh, and I know your love for defensive guys that murder people is, is Daniel's love affair on, on Georgia. Uh, and the more I researched, I, I agree. He's going to rip somebody's head off. In, in yeah, the last, the, I've, I've been so happy to see him get more more talk lately but only because it makes me sure that he's going to play right that he he is not going to get passed by on the depth chart or something but that he's going to play and yeah he's the only reason i wanted to even do this whole scale of one to ten like so it's that's just so i could find a reason i've been trying for two weeks on the podcast to think of a reason to talk about Otis Reese. it's kind of like when you said uh who's the best coach not named kirby smart at Georgia, That's right. Just setting yourself up for basketball talk. Tom Crean, baby. Yeah. Check out the check out the recruiting. I just happening gonna say, what was that? Sixty seventh right was the sixty seventh top guy just committed. Tom Crean. Yeah. This that's the that's the my buddy Daniel Allen dropped this little piece of knowledge on me. That's the fifth best player in the internet recruiting era to sign with Georgia. Okay. Fifth best composite score to sign with Georgia. I think since two thousand two. So in the last. 15 years plus. Yeah. Um, that's not a small get for Georgia, and there's more to come. There's more to come. Get it, Tom. There's more, there's more, there's more to come. You do you. All right, Daniel. All right, uh, who, who's next on your list? we got maybe time for a couple more. A couple more. Um, only because he is getting so much love nationally, and we've talked well maybe not nationally actually I take that back I just saw it's not national I just saw on the SEC network they gave their top position groups and O-line was ranked very high uh, on their best of unit groups better be Uh, uh, well remember we we had what's his name talk about the top 100 players oh that's right in NCAA and not a single yeah. Georgia offensive lineman was part of that we, list we couldn't get a guard or a tackle no couldn't get anybody just nobody no. how excited are you to watch Ben Cleveland play on the offensive line well let me say this not as excited as you Clint 
not as excited as you because what hard hitting safeties are to me big big giant offensive guards are to you That's and true. I know that I know that full well I'm going to say I think big big Ben Cleveland I get more excited every day okay about him I get more excited I think I'm probably in the 7 8 range by now the more I hear reports about the revolving door at left guard, mm-hmm. which is much talked about, and we are not going to talk about that right now on this podcast. But Georgia fans, you know that you know that you don't know who's going to be the starting left guard for Georgia because it has been truly a revolving door. The more I read that, the first thing that pops into my mind every time is, look who's not re- rotating on the offensive line. Look which guard spot is not up for grabs on the offensive line. It's right guard. Right guard hasn't changed one time in the preseason and and I don't expect it to I don't expect there to be any big surprises. I think right guard and right tackle are set on this team, which makes me feel like Ben Cleveland is starting to come into that jolly green giant of a body that he has. And he's starting to learn how to play football. Yes, you got to remember when he signed at Georgia, he was like he was like just turned seventeen. Right. He had, he was so young when he came onto campus. Uh, is he was a five another, star, but he had a lot of he had a lot of work to do. He did. He had a lot of work to do, which is why we didn't see much of him very early on. And I think that work is paying off. Is there an offensive lineman that you are very excited to watch play? I'm very excited. The only offensive lineman I'm more excited to watch than Ben Cleveland is the brother standing right next to him. Yeah. It's it's big Isaiah Wilson. And I think the two of them together, I just can't wait to run the ball to the right. Just just please run the ball to the right, Georgia. Just let me see it. Put put Isaac Nauta over mm-hmm. there and and put uh Riley Ridley or Terry Godwin put Terry Godwin over on the right side to manhandle a corner back down the field and just run the ball to the right and let's all just sit back and watch. Those yes. two those two just block the sun and uh I can't yeah, I couldn't be more excited. If you're third and two on the goal line and you're not running right, I mm-hmm. I question much of what's going on, but those two men are, mm-hmm. are gonna be good. All right, mm-hmm. Daniel, who else you got? Uh, scale of one to ten, Clint. How are you? How excited are you about Demetrius Robertson? Man, so I got to see a couple of games with him at Cal. Late start games for all you East Coast people. Uh, after dinner kickoffs for me, and he's good. He's very talented. But I'm going to say a three, a four. Wow. I know. I know. Uh, I I was very excited. When we first got him, I thought, big get. Here we go. We're going to solidify some things. But here's why I'm not as excited to watch him hit the field as I was when we first got him. When he first came in, it was like a shiny toy. 
and I was so thrilled. It's kind of like going to uh, the arcade and getting tokens and exchanging those tokens in for a mm. very cool thing. And when you get home, you just play with that thing to death. And then the next day you wake up and you forget that mom and dad have thrown it away in the trash can and you don't think about it again. That's kind of the emotions I have with Demetrius. Wow. And you, here's You just it, threw Demetrius Robertson in the no, trash I'm not, can. No, I'm not throwing away. I said it's the feeling I get. I'm not throwing away. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to have some great plays. I think he's going to emerge as a very good wide receiver. But here's why I'm not excited to watch him play. Uh, because I've been excited about other wide receivers before and I've been disappointed and because of the way that our offense goes, I'm more excited to watch the creativity of the running backs. I'm more excited to see dimes being dropped by Fromm and, and hopefully Fields. And I just I don't know if he's going to have that ability to wow me. If he does, great. But But I also think that Ridley could be just as exciting. And with more and more practice reports wow. that, the, that the wide receiver group is kind of this grab bag of who wants to play, like who's going to get out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, maybe a four, and and, and I, I leave room for that to grow, but as of today, it's a four. I'm going to just make a quick note here uh, for a future segment of of dumb stuff that we've said on the podcast. I'm going to be... I'm gonna be circling back. I feel like to this one that that you were you were a four out of ten on Demetrius Robertson before the season. I think, uh, Lord, I don't know if he can do anything besides run vertical down the field and catch nine routes, but but I'm nearly a thousand percent sure he can do that. Yeah, and I know that one of our two quarterbacks can throw that ball and hit him. I'm I'm pretty sure the other one can too, but I know that Jake Fromm can throw that ball and hit him. Yes. Uh, and so, I think he is going. He's not going to lead this team in catches. He's not going to be second on this team in catches. Nope. But he's going to have some home runs, man. He's going to have plenty of home runs for this team. All right. Within the first two weeks of the season, he catches a 40-plus yard touchdown pass. Um, That's a you know, I'm thinking. That's a, I'm thinking that's a back lot. to maybe it was. Uh, what game was it? It was. It was. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of an Auburn game when you and I were at an Auburn game, and uh, it was a penalty that brought the play back. There was this Ridley. Th- yeah. Ridley. Yeah, there was this Ridley catch that is exactly what you're two thinking. Two years of. ago, it was to begin yeah. the game. Uh, beautifully thrown ball, and uh, yep. penalty brought it back. Stupid penalty brought it back. It wasn't even a penalty. Yeah, one of the best throws of Eason's career. Sadly. <laughs> uh, the, the best throw of his Georgia career, hands brought, down. <laughs> yeah, brought back by penalty. Ridley, I'm not saying Ridley can't do it. I'm just saying Robertson well, to, is a different level. Yeah, to he's your a different, point. He's a different cat. He, to your point, if that excited me, then then his skill set running down the sideline should excite as well. Okay. Right. Yeah, for sure. I see that. All right, give me the name of one or two guys that we haven't mentioned. Don't You don't have to talk about them. Just give me the name of one or two guys we haven't mentioned yet that Georgia fans should be excited about if they're not. Just give me a quick hitter, one or two guys. Oh, man. I, I think, uh, wow, the number of – I feel like we've talked about so many of them. Um, you know, the, the Hayes. We haven't talked about Hayes Jay yet. Hayes. Yeah, we haven't talked about Hayes. That's a, He's that's a, a new addition. That's a nice reach. Uh, it is a reach. I think Hayes is so forgotten about. Yes. There's so many big-time recruits coming on campus – yeah, I think that's a great one. I think people should be excited about him on the rotation on D-line to stabilize a lot. Hayes is going to be good. 
How about I got? I'm gonna I'm gonna lay three quick ones on you. Okay. Because I was sure you were gonna say one of them. We haven't talked about Brenton Cox yet. And, but I th- and I Clint, think, haven't we talked Brenton about Brenton Cox? Him? Is Brenton Cox is going to do some things. He's I'm just saying this up. segment. Oh, this segment. This, okay. This segment we have not talked about him. Brenton Cox. I'm a. I'm a nine. I'm a nine. I might be pushing a ten. Let me yeah. and two other guys that I'm a nine pushing a ten on, and I'm not. And I don't know which one I should be more excited about, and so I'm. I'm treating them like one person. Okay. And that's Channing Tindall and Quay Walker. Either Channing Tindall or Quay Walker is going to be a big time player for this team. That's my that, that that's my thought. If so I'm, had, I'm very excited about those inside linebacker freshmen. If I had money on it, I'm going Walker. I'm going Quay uh, as the guy that's going to blow yep. up. I don't know why, but that's just my gut on it. Those are two, those are good. They ones. just they, every time the coaches talk about them, they talk about them as if they're the same person. Yeah, that's so true. So not having seen them play live downs in college football, it's very hard for me to distinguish them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's put Georgia aside. For a mm-hmm. minute, and let's talk about this. Is again on Monday we're going to go back to grossest fan bases in the SEC. We're going to finish our one week to the season countdown, but we're running out of time to talk about the preseason landscape of college football. So let's spend a let's spend a little bit of time giving our thoughts and opinions about. Uh, the AP poll obviously just came out. Georgia comes in at number three. I don't think much of a surprise. Not a surprise to you, was it? No. No, not a surprise Not at all. much of a surprise at all to me. Uh, I think Georgia fans could have rightly been insulted at being four or lower. Yeah. But I don't think there's too many Georgia fans that have much of a problem in the preseason being ranked behind Alabama and Clemson. No. Uh, I'm not saying that's where we expect to finish, but... That, to start there, I don't think you have much of an argument if you're going to try to say, like, we belong as the number one team in the country. So, uh, so let's talk about the rest of the teams in college football. And let's just start let's start at the top. Give me – this is going to be recorded and put onto the Internet for all yes, the it, world to hear for the rest of time. It's Give me your four teams in the college football playoff at the end of the season, Clint. Well, here's what I'm very upset about. I'm very, very, very upset at the AP poll because inevitably my top four teams will be incorrect because my top four teams are the four teams in the AP poll currently today. Uh, which wow! I know I'm I'm very Chalk upset about City. it. City. Well, I, hey, my my four teams. I had these four teams before I saw the AP poll come out. I've been very high on these four teams, and it's Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is going to bully their way through to a conference title and get in. I think we win the SEC. Uh, I think Alabama has exactly the same thing happen to them last year, and Clemson runs away with the ACC. Uh, and those are my four teams, and it, it pains me to say that. I don't like it. So inevitably, I just, I, I'm just i screwing somebody in that list, and I really hope it's not us. No, I mean, you could say screwing. with 100% certainty those four teams won't be in the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I'm right? just going to say, like, right. That's 100% it won't be the top four teams in the no, preseason. There's, no. a, there's zero chance that that I, could possibly happen. So if I got a mulligan, if I got to change some things over, I would. But I, I had those four picked long ago on a list. Um, I, I just apparently right. can't predict the AP poll. Um, uh, I'm gonna go very similar to you. I've got, I got all three top three in. 
I agree with your assessment. I think Alabama's going to have an undefeated regular season. Yep. And I think they're going to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, and I don't think the committee's going to have a choice but to put them in um, again, which if you're a Georgia fan and you beat Alabama, mm-hmm. here's the thing you don't want as a Georgia fan. You do not want to win a national championship and not beat Alabama. Well said. You do not want that as a Georgia fan. If you think you want that, you're wrong. Yep. Because you want to beat Alabama to win the national championship. Here's the other thing you don't want to happen as a Georgia fan. You don't want to have to win a national championship by beating Alabama twice. <laughs> that is not that is not what you want to do as a Georgia fan. And if you think you want that, you're also wrong. That's not right. that's not what we want. But I think Georgia's gonna have to beat Alabama twice to win the national championship. Because I think you're going to go undefeated in the regular season, and I don't see no way around it. They have the weakest. Oh, uh, I mean, they've got such they have such a weak a schedule. Uh, which I mean, Georgia's non-conference schedule is a, is a joke as well. Um, but but that's that's how I see it. And then for my fourth team in, so I got Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and then for my fourth team in, um, I'm going to go Penn State. I think. I think it's going to be Penn State in the Big Ten. And, um, yeah. And I don't really know why. You got, but, you got McSorley on there, high on your list. You got Franklin coming in. You got good got, old 90s got, football coming back. Good old Trace. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you can put your money behind a guy named Trace. I don't either. But, but I'm doing it. Yeah, and so... That's who I like, um, but I think there are some wild cards out there, Clint. And two, oh. and two. We both picked four teams in the top ten. You picked four teams in the top four. Yeah. Uh, I I want to know that almost every year, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but almost every year, there are teams coming from outside the top ten to make the college football playoff. Yes. And so I want to look at some teams in that ten to twenty range. Okay, and I'm gonna give you because I think we both agree there are some, there are at least a dozen teams that we could say have a a, a decent shot that you to wouldn't make the mind putting money playoff. on with the correct odds. You wouldn't feel horrible about putting money yeah. on them and making a bet. Yeah. So let me give you four teams that are ranked outside the top ten. Okay. And I want to know who has the best chance to make the playoff out of these four teams. They are Notre Dame at 12, Michigan at 14, USC at 15, and Florida State at 19. Who has the best shot at making the college football playoff? I already know Dan- Daniel's answer to this, and it's not my answer. Uh, my answer is Notre Dame has the best odds to make the playoffs. And it's because of their schedule and because of their returning roster that they have. Uh, I think that their schedule is not going to be too difficult. They got a couple of big games. One to start the year against Michigan and then USC going to USC. Big games, obviously. But I think the best shot to do so is going to be Notre Dame. They don't have a conference title to help them push them into it, which is going to be hard. They're going to have to – they might have to go undefeated to get in or lose one really close one to USC uh, to make a case for it. 
so that's mm. in my that's the detriment that I have. I don't have the title game to help propel them. Um, they don't have some marquee games that other teams have. Strength of schedule and all of that goes into it. But Notre Dame is it for me, and I'll I'll reserve my commentary for who I think your pick's going to be. Uh, but here's why Michigan can't make the playoffs uh, because it's Michigan. Did you did you hear the name mm. of the team? It's Michigan. <laughs> so stop. Okay, Carr wow. is gone. Uh, these, these things, it's not going to happen. It's a meat grinder of schedule. They got Notre Dame, Ohio State. They go to Ohio State. Isn't that correct this year? They're, they do. Yeah. Uh, there's just, they just, do. They just, have just, Penn State at home, but they also go to Ohio State. And yeah. they play Wisconsin in the regular yeah. season. Yeah, there's, there's no way they come out of that with – they come out of that with a 500 record, and that's it. Um, not better than that. So Michigan can't do it. Mm. Uh Daniel, who who do you think has the best chance to make the playoffs out of those four teams? Um Well, I'm gonna say this before I before I give you my pick. I think I picked these four teams. I think all four of them have a real shot to make the playoff. Even okay. Michigan. I think all four of them even Florida State. Do you think Michigan, based upon their defense, they're just going to ride that D and just grind out wins? I I think Michigan, based on their defense, and look, you're basically, you're flipping a coin right now. Is Shea Patterson good? Yeah. Okay? Because if Shea Patterson's a five-star quarterback who's actually good, then who's going to beat Michigan? Yeah, watch out. I mean, Michigan's a good team. Like, Michigan's a good team. So, look, Shea Patterson at Ole Miss was anything but dominant. He right. was, you know, he was a run first. You know, if the first guy's not open, put your head down and sprint as hard as you can towards the sideline, try to get upfield type of guy. If if Jim Harbaugh can do something with him and, and cultivate talent with him, then, look, I, I think... Michigan, the winner of that Notre Dame Michigan game is going to have so much hype so much for making hype. the college football playoff because that is, I mean, it's not the biggest week one game by the rankings because Auburn and Washington, but but even if Auburn beats Washington, they're still the third best team in the conference according right. to everyone's predictions. So. But if Michigan goes out and beats Notre Dame on the road, all of a sudden people are going to start going, wait a minute, is Michigan the best team in the Big Ten? Are mm-hmm. they the favorite to make that? So I think that game is fascinating to me. Uh, I think, it, But my pick is USC. Yeah. I think it's the Trojans have the best shot to make the playoffs, and it's because I think the Pac-12 is garbage. You don't think the Pac-12 is garbage. You know the Pac-12 is garbage. I know they play a garbage brand of football. Yes. I think that all the teams out there are garbage this year as well. So, uh, yeah, look, I'm not buying um, Khalil Tate and Arizona under Kevin Sumlin. I'm not, you know, I'm not buying Chip Kelly getting anything going at UCLA. I think the Pac-12 South is a... I think the Pac-12 South is a breeze for USC. And so I think if they can come out of there, you know, they got the game against Notre Dame, they got the game, um, and then they have to go through their schedule, 
uh, and they play early in the season at uh, Texas, no? Yes. And so I think they've got some really difficult non-conference games. But those are just going to elevate them to, if, if they can win one or, or if they win two of those games, forget about it. But if they yeah. can be 11 and one, even possibly 10 and two, and go into the Pac-12 championship game and play, maybe let's say there's a Washington team that's 11 and one, their only loss of the year is to Auburn, that Washington team will be ranked in the top four going into the Pac-12 championship game. USC goes in there and beats them. I think they got a legitimate shot at the college football play. I'm not saying I'm predicting it to happen. Obviously, I'm not. I didn't pick them to, to make the playoff. But I think they've got a legitimate shot. And look, Florida State, who, the, who in the world knows what Florida State is? Well, as they, I was they, ranking, as I was ranking this down, I had Notre Dame top. I Michigan, I, I don't think, because I, I just disregard Michigan in entirety. USC to me is the guy that wants to screw up his life, and no matter how many times you ask him to stop doing dumb things, he just can't help himself because, because he just keeps going back to juvie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> it's the Pac-12. Every single time the Pac-12 has an opportunity to make a stamp and and proclaim their dominance, they just go, yeah. eh, we'd rather not, like. We're, nah. we're actually gonna we're gonna hit the beach. Is that cool with everybody? And they just leave. Yeah. Well, so, but Florida State conference I, conference of champions. Conference of champions out there. I don't know how if you long until Butch Jones makes his way out to the Pac-12? Oh by my the way. gosh! That's, how where how just, is he belongs not, there? I was just gonna say, how is this not a thing? By the way, oh, did you hear Dan Mullen's uh, comment on oh, his gosh. on his Dan players? Mullen. He's, they graded. They all graded as champions. They all graded as champions. I heard that and I just thought, uh oh. Which is another way of saying we don't have any quarterbacks, guys. Don't ask me about the quarterbacks anymore. We don't, don't have any on the <laughs> roster. There, guys. I'm worried. I'm just as worried as you are, but I can't say that publicly. Correct. Um, I'm gonna keep smiling. Am I still smiling? Look, am champions. I smiling? Championship. We win. No, the scrimmage was a win. Um, Florida State, to me, I couldn't... I had no idea how to even talk about them. Because I know Clemson's going to run away with the conference. Uh, I I don't know if Florida State can beat NC State. I, I have no idea. But I have no idea. They are the biggest wild card to me in the entire yeah. world. They have tons of talent. Yeah. They always do. It's Florida State. I they got to... No, they got a bunch of talent. Tons and tons of guys that can ball out there. It's Florida. They recruit well. Taggart, I think, is going to do a great job at Florida State. That's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. Head coach. Yeah. I mean, Taggart hasn't done well at other programs, but it's a different different ball game now that he's at Florida State. Mm -hmm. He loves being there. He's a Florida guy. He loves being there. Uh, That can be dangerous. Interesting. Uh, All right, let's talk about a couple other things that happen every year. Every year, there's a team that's ranked in the top 10 in the preseason, the top 10, that finishes the season unranked. And most years, there's a team that starts the year unranked that ends up in the top 10. So I want to know who those teams are as you look at this AP poll, Clint. The the top 10 is Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Washington, Oklahoma, Miami, Auburn, and Penn State. Which one of those 10 teams is going to finish the year not ranked 20th, but right. not ranked at all. I really think it's Miami or Auburn are the two teams that have a chance of being unranked mm. at the end of the year. Look, 
Auburn, I've I've been well stated how I do not think Auburn's as dominant as they think they are. Or other people think they are. I don't believe four losses is crazy during Auburn's season. And if that's the case, if they lose those four games and they get demoralized and they don't want to play anymore, and uh, if that happens, I mean, Gus is probably out of a job, uh, maybe. I think Auburn could be in, my, in Miami. Look, I hope Miami does well. I have them in a couple of games this year looking at where they can play some good football, hopefully. But also... Uh, who knows? Last year, when we thought they would play close games and do well, they crapped the bed and didn't want to show at all. Yeah. And for me to watch Miami, I can't believe that the team I saw last year in Miami was ranked in the top 10. This was shocking to me. I couldn't believe they were top 10 this year. I'd maybe put them at 15, 16 to 20 range. Yeah. But top 10 is ludicrous. I think it, yeah. I think, and if Miami had been ranked there at 15, 16, 17. I think you could be talking about them as like a sleeper team. But all of a sudden they're coming in at number eight. And I think you just, I'm, I mean, it's hard to obviously project any of these teams to finish the year unranked. Because you got to lose four games plus the bowl game to, go, to finish the year unranked. That's a lot of, yeah. that's a bad season. Uh, but, but man, Miami won so many close games last year. Mm-hmm. They won. You remember that slop fest they played against Georgia Tech? We're just that they just and, yeah. barely won. It was just a mud pit, yeah. and there were 122 fumbles in that game. It was ugliest college football game that's ever been played. Miami won some squeakers last mm-hmm. year to get to where they were, and then you know you saw them against you know the Clemson's of the world at the end of the season. And and they just didn't have they didn't have what it takes. I, I no. I don't. It's hard to predict, but I, if I had to name a team that was most likely to do it, I would probably say Miami. I'll give you one more though. I'll go. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin. Yeah. I think. I think. Let's say. Um, you know, let's say. Wisconsin gets an injury to the running back position. You know, and, and Wisconsin's got a tough schedule this year. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, out of conference, they played nobody. They played BYU. But then Wisconsin's at Michigan and at Penn State. Okay, so let's say they get, they have, and then let's say they get three regular season losses. Let's say Iowa sneaks up on them. Yeah. Or Purdue sneaks up on them. Or, you know, or or they're just not as good as we think they are. All of a sudden, you're looking at a possibility of of a real substandard season. I don't know if it would be enough to get them all the way out of the top 25, but I think Wisconsin could be primed for a disappointment this year. Uh, what about a team that is unranked that can ascend all the way to the top 10, Daniel? Uh, this one's harder, and it's not harder because I don't know what the answer is. It's harder because I don't want it to be the answer. The answer uh-huh. is South Carolina. Yes, it is. It's South. It's South Carolina, uh, and I know Georgia fans are having a lot of fun right now because South Carolina is not ranked in the top twenty-five. Uh, but South Carolina, it, you can if you go, just like we said, we said you go eight and four, you lose the bowl game. All of a sudden, you're not ranked. 
Well, guess what? You go nine and three, and then you win the bowl game. You could be number ten in the country at the end of the year. You could finish the season, and and you're going to tell me that South Carolina doesn't have what it takes to go nine and three this year. I mean, South Carolina can go nine and three. They could go ten and two this year. I, I'm not saying they will, uh, but I know you didn't ask for two, but the two most likely candidates in my mind are South Carolina and Florida. And that's and so painful for you to say. I, Those words taste really ugly coming is. out of your mouth. They do. I want to immediately just set my tongue on fire, but it's that's the reality of the situation. Because both of those teams have opportunities for big wins, and both of those teams have a manageable enough schedule to, if they figure things out and they are going well, they could win. They could rattle off nine or ten wins, counting the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. You didn't ask who for, you got. Well I, well, I got three. You didn't ask for three, but I got three. And oh wow! And one of them you've already said is South Carolina. That's going to be hard. Uh, Let's not talk anymore about that. That's just, good. It feels good. bad. Then yeah. the two other Let's ones that I have that I I've been I have a love for this team and my love is stupid and I have no reason other than to say I like how they're building the program and that's NC State. NC State could wow. do the same exact thing where they get off a couple of marquee wins. The ACC is very top heavy. They come rolling through that. They win a bowl game. Uh, they show some impressiveness. Some young guys that re- they've recruited really well get to play they got exciting football uh, but that that is my least likely candidate uh, my second candidate to win and it's only because of one guy there's just one player on this team and he plays oh, in the he's pack. a player oh he's a player i really wanted you to be saying florida atlantic because of lane kiffin right now oh my but gosh. You, you're not going to say that no. No, <laughs> I, hey look here's the deal the only thing I will talk about Lane Kiffin is not going to be in any shining light. <laughs> so you can you will know that Fantastic. Lane Kiffin comment is coming when I start talking about death to humanity. Lane Kiffin is in, in that category. Um, no, the the player that I think it's only because of him and because he plays in the garbage Pac-12, and that's Arizona, and that's Khalil Tate. Mm, Khalil Tate. And I don't think... There is another guy that is as electric. He is this year what I think Lamar Jackson has been to other years in the, in college mm-hmm. football. If he decides, if he balls out for a year, uh, they play some garbage games, they sneak their way, maybe they sneak up on a couple of big wins and they only lose two and somehow, maybe, possibly, other teams are down and they sneak their way into the, the conference championship and they win that somehow, crazily, or or even if they play well in that, go to a bowl game, win that, I think they could be in the top ten only because of him. I don't know a single thing else about their team other than Khalil Tate. I don't need to know a single thing else. I mean, he's, yeah, there's nothing else to know. Kevin Sullen and Khalil Tate. I don't... Um, if Arizona finishes the season in the top ten... The odds that Khalil Tate wins the Heisman are 100%. 100%, yep. That's 100% certainty if Arizona finishes the season in the top 10. He has yeah. already won the Heisman. That's not that's correct. That goes without saying. Uh, all right. Well, college football season is here, Clint. All of this talk is about to be for nothing. All of these takes are about to just fly out the window as we get to watch actual games on the actual field. And don't worry, 
Don't worry, listeners. We trust us. Daniel and I, we know what the other says during the season, and we remember it very well. So we'll be coming mm-hmm. back. We'll be circling back when, how stupid we are. Like oh. Daniel has, he, he's already noted my hate on this for a couple of teams. Uh, when Michigan yeah. starts rolling, he's going to bring it up every chance he gets. That's right. Uh, so don't, uh, You're, don't you're going to be the guess. guy that picked the top four teams in the AP to make the college football playoff. That's, yeah. that's who you're going to. That's that's what we're going to come back to. <laughs> that's what we're going to come back to time and time again. When you none went, you it, are now that guy. You are not only the mayor, but you are the founding mayor of Chalk City, uh, USA. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> all the chalk, all the time. Give it to me. For, SVP for don't got nothing on me. What are you talking about? Wow, I that know. That is fantastic. Uh, all right, you. Well, let's get let's let's roll into some trivia. A uh, uh, couple of and house, get out of here. Housekeeping items before the trivia, really quick. Okay. Uh, we want to update you. We have a fantasy team that is happening this year that Daniel and I did. Oh, that's a, right. We drafted teams, a Georgia only fantasy team that we're going head to head, and Daniel had that's selected. Right. Zeus Zamir White with his second running back selection, and he is now done for the year. So we have decided that it would be unsportsmanlike to leave a goose egg for Daniel there. So it's very um, generous on your part, Clint. Very I, I am, generous. I am a gentleman through and through. Uh, so we have placed Harrion on Daniel's fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's not Zeus, but it's better than. Nothing. It's numbers. It's, it's numbers. numbers. Harrion's going to get some carries. That yeah. I mean, we can be certain of that. Yeah. Harrion's going to get some carries. So right. I feel good about my running back depth chart is now DeAndre Swift and Brian Harrion. Yours is Zamir White and Elijah Holyfield. So I mean, I'm uh, sorry, James Cook, James Cook and Elijah Holyfield. Yeah, who knew uh, that? By the way, we would be saying that order: James Cook and Elijah Holyfield. But I feel that that's correct on the depth chart. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I think those top three. I don't. I don't have any idea who's going to get the most carries. It's, no, it's crazy. That's, that that's uh, crazy. that fantasy draft was episode six. If you want to go back and and listen to that, we'll be keeping you updated on our week intern by Michael's week gonna be winners. With that, yeah, the the interns rocking the spreadsheet, and so when we when we kick it off against Austin P, there will be more than just um, bragging rights against the governors on the line. There will be fantasy points for. Clint and I correct to win um, on the line. All right, so anything you got? Anything else to no. uh, update the people on? No. All right, let's get into some trivia. Um, uh, I, I want to go. I want to go. I want to sort of jump into the season on a positive. So I want to think about the best games in the history of Georgia football. Some of the best games in the history of Georgia football. I want to talk about the largest margins of victory. Oh. In the history of Georgia football. And I oh, want to give no. you three of our three of our rivals. And I'm going to give you a plus or minus four points. Okay. And I want you to try to guess the margin. You don't have to guess the score. But the margin of victory, these are the largest margins of victory versus, versus these three of Georgia's biggest rivals. This is fantastic. Are you ready? Oh, this is, this is ready? starting the season on a high note. I love it. Yes, I'm ready. Ain't it? Um, we're going to start in the great state of Tennessee <laughs> versus against the University of Tennessee. What do you think is the largest margin of victory in the history of UGA versus Tennessee? I mean, it's got to be 41. It's got to be 41 points, don't it? it? 
When did we win by 41, 41 I, points? I can't I'm even remember. Fairly certain. Let me think really quick. I think last year we won by 41 points because we were at 41 and they were at uh, a I'm goose gonna... egg. That's zero, yeah. Uh, Clint, you are within the margin. But it's not the largest. Wow. But that is not the largest victory in the history of Georgia, Tennessee. The largest victory in the history of Georgia, Tennessee was actually 44 to nothing. Gosh, that feels so good. 44 to nothing what year was in that? 1981 in Sanford Stadium. Herschel Walker just said, I believe he came in and played 50 snaps on defense that year <laughs> and, and just said, There's nobody, nobody's going to rush for a yard, nobody's going to score a point. Uh, that that's it. That's the that's the end of the game. I mean, when we you lose by that many points, forty four to you nothing. S- players don't wear their athletic tees at class on Monday or Tuesday. You just you yeah. just try to forget that you play for that program. That's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it fantastic? It is. Um, uh, 44, largest margin victory against Tennessee. So you technically did get that one correct. You are within the margin of victory. Love or that. the margin of error. Uh, Georgia Tech. Largest margin of victory in the Georgia-Georgia Tech series. All right. I think it's higher than 44. I think there have been some stinker Georgia Tech teams. Clearly. I'm going I'm going 50 points. 50 points was our highest spread. Uh that is incorrect. You oh. are not within the margin of error. The 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 correct answer is actually 44. It is the same margin as Tennessee. Wow. As in as Tennessee. Um the score was 51 to 7. Okay. And the year was 2002. Mm. I was at I was at that game in Sanford Stadium in 2002. We were ranked in the top five, I know. Um, and it was kind of a rainy. It was it was a night game, and it was kind of a rainy night. And I think Georgia Tech fumbled like 15 kickoffs in that game. I mean, just. There was, a, there was a period of time when we would score a touchdown, we would kick the ball off, they would fumble, and we would run it in for a touchdown. We would kick the ball off again, they would fumble, and we would run it in for... I mean, there was, a, there was a span of 10 minutes in that game where we probably scored 28 straight points, uh, and it was the most fun I may have ever had during my college career at San Francisco Stadium. It was, it was an absolutely glorious, a glorious game. All right, last one, Clint. You are one and one. All right. Last one is the University of Florida. No oh, man. Largest margin of victory for the dogs against the University of Florida. Okay. Mm. I'm going to go... What were some of those teams? Uh, I'm going to go 35 points. 
35 points is what you say. That's what I say. Well, that is not correct. 35 points is um, not even close. Oh, give it to me. The year was 1942. Clint, the quarterback was Frank Sinkwich. Which, come on now. The location was Jacksonville, Florida. Of course. The ranking was number one in the nation, the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Of course. And the final score, Clint, was Florida zero, Georgia 75. My good night. 75 to nothing. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. That, um, that is the largest margin of victory in the University of Georgia football history. Against any of As opponent. well as the largest margin of victory against our most bitter rival. Hmm. Uh, what a beautiful number. 75 to nothing. That's outlandish. 75 to nothing. Most That's... points Florida has ever scored against Georgia, by the way. Want to take a guess? Most points they've ever scored against Most us? points Florida has ever scored against Georgia. Ooh. Uh, so Georgia has obviously scored 75 points against right. Florida. Uh, 25. 25? <laughs> like total points in a game? They scored oh, more no. than that two, like three years ago. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, what is it? I, I have no idea. No, not margin of victory. Most points Florida has ever scored. Oh, that they, ha- that they have scored regardless margin of, of victory. A, right, regardless of Correct. a win or a loss. Um, 56. 2008, Florida scored 49. They've 49. never scored 50 against okay. Georgia. Hey, that's, 2008 that's was, Ur- was Urban Meyer's revenge year um, when he ran up the score at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They beat us 49 to nothing. Anything going on with Urban Meyer these days? Any, uh, hey, by uh, the way, if, is if he, there uh, is how's an he doing? Ohio State fan listening to this, please tweet he doing? at us and let us know how, you doing? how you're still how y'all a fan. Doing? Because you shouldn't be. You should be like rats off of a ship steered by a giant rat, and that giant rat's name mm-hmm. is Urban Meyer. Um, wow. I, one, time he, one time he scored 49 points against Georgia, so I guess everything in his life is fine. I, I wonder. I wonder like, if somebody told him bad news after that game that he kept to himself and didn't inform other officials of activities after that game. I, I mean, it could be. Who knows? Could have been forty nine nothing, and somebody told him, "Hey, coach, I I was juicing up before the game for this." He's like, "I I don't need to tell anybody." I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It's between it's between you and me. Uh, all right. Well, that will do it for us. We will be back on Monday. We appreciate you listening. Uh, hey, let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter, at Dogs Podcast. Let us know the players you are most excited to watch this season. Who's at the top of your list? We gave you a few of ours. Uh, let us know your picks for the college football playoff. Let us know why the things that we said are dumb. Uh, because and they I will are. Pass that along. I'll pass that along to Clint when you let us know yeah. um, the, things, thanks. the things that he said. Uh, as always, 
you can subscribe to this podcast. You can leave us a rating or a review. Take two seconds and click those five stars. That helps us out a ton. Helps other people find the podcast. What else helps other people find the podcast is when you tell somebody about it. Yeah, it so does. you can do that, and that would help us out a great deal. Uh, we will see you back here on Monday when we will be less oh, than a week. Less than a week and continuing the grossest fan base, which is going to be glorious. Daniel and I get to, we might just talk about those top teams, those top grossest top fan bases the entire time. Fan bases. Man. We're going to get animated people, it's, so make sure to listen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I'm going to break a chair. <laughs> uh, Daniel and I are going to start yelling at each other for how ludicrous our order is guaranteed because emotions are running high. So do a download. An all-time high. All-time high. Do a listen. Thanks for joining us. All right. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. We'll talk to you later. Bye.